0: If you want long-term profitable growth, I want you to listen to this episode. I'm going to tell you what to focus on. And it's one thing. How does that sound? I'll see you on the inside.
1: Welcome to the e-commerce roadmap the podcast for store owners who are growing their sales without spending a fortune on ads. Each week, you'll learn actionable strategies and tips that will fast-track the growth and profitability of your e-commerce business. So buckle up and join your host, Susan Bradley, as we dive into the work that will grow your sales this year.
0: Hey, before we dive in, I just want to set the stage for this episode. I truly believe that it's it's such an important concept that we're talking about today, I believe it is the path to long-term profitable growth. And I believe enough people don't do it. And I think it's particularly timely right now as we are headed into the fourth quarter. And so I want to set you up for this, but what follows is an episode I actually recorded um, some time ago, but it's so pertinent to so many of you right now. And so what I know is that if you put a lot of Uh, or even a few e-commerce store owners together in a room, uh, there's no awkward silences. They have so much in common and so much to share with each other that it's a great conversation. You know, we share a lot of the same tools. We do a lot of the same work. We have a lot to talk about. And we share, mostly, we share our experiences generously. Like whenever we can, I see it in our inner circle group how generously our members share what's working for them and then coach each other through trying it for their stores. But what I also see is something that we just don't do enough. And what we don't do enough is we don't share our audiences. And when I say audiences, I'm talking about the people that we reach, that we get our our products in front of every week, the people who are on our email list that we are emailing hopefully every week, the people who visit our websites, we don't share our audiences. But yet, yeah, every one of us has invested probably more than we'd like, more time and more money than we'd like in building up these audiences of people who are interested in our products. These are people that you know could potentially or already are our buyers. And it's cost us a lot of time, and it's cost us a lot of money. And I see it again. I see it in our inner circle. I see it in our reliable revenue members. I see it that this is a very big focus for every one of us as as a store owner because it leads to sales. And truly, our audience, our list, our website visitors, like our history of traffic in our stores, that is a valuable asset in our business. If I were going to buy your business tomorrow. I would look at that. I would consider the value of that asset. But yet, even though we have an obligation to ourselves to really maximize the value, maximize the ROI on this asset that we have built up, most of us don't do it. In fact, almost all of us do our marketing in a silo by ourselves. And I think that when we do that, we're leaving a lot of money on the table. Because I truly believe that collaboration is one of the most profitable ways that you can set yourself up for long-term growth. And what follows, I want you to keep listening because there's evidence of it. And I know for a fact that the time that you spend on this is a really good investment in the future health and the profitability of your business. You know, in our mastermind right now, um, one of the things we're working on, you know, there's a lot of business essentials that nobody teaches really. And and they're kind of specifically different for e-commerce. And it's something that I work on in my mastermind with our members. And one of the things that's quite important is what is it costing you to acquire a customer? How much does it actually cost you? And what I know is that the time you'll spend on this strategy is an investment in the future health and the future profitability of your business. And you're probably wondering how you can make that work for you. And so what follows is gonna be super valuable to you. I asked a while back, I asked one of our e-commerce coaches, Tina, to share her results with us after she spent a whole year focusing on collaborations as her marketing strategy. And so her goal was to do a uh, a collaboration every month for a full year. And so what I want you to do is listen, listen to this, or yeah, just listen to it, open your mind to it, how she organized a whole year of collaborations, and what happened in her tiny business as a result. You know, this is a teeny tiny business that she uh, did this with. But what I want you to know is just multiply that. By the size of your business and think about what's possible for you. So I want you to listen in. I'd love to hear your feedback on this. And more importantly, I'd love to hear if you've arranged some collaborations yourself. Hey, Tina, here we are again. Yep. Here we are again. Tina <laughs> <laughs> is our member success coach. And so she is really the person on our team who is most connected, her and Jessica, I would say, Jessica's the customer service uh, support person, and Tina, you and Jess are most connected to the member experience. And so because of that, I have a meeting with you every Monday morning, and it never fails. We get talking about things, things that members have experienced, things that you have experienced, and before you know it, we're like, that is a podcast episode. <laughs> Yep, we have a lot of podcast episodes behind us, and probably in our future too. In our future too, yes. But this one is wildly important, and this one has a funny story behind it, which we'll have to talk about because this is a year of results that is shocking. Shocking, maybe for everyone who li- is listening to us. But the best part is this was shocking to you, and so that's why I'm I'm so excited to have you here. And so, you know, and I know that behind the scenes for more than a year, I have been nattering at you about collaboration, 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 because in my mind, I am convinced that here I have all these people, you know, in the inner circle, we've got what, 1,100, 1,200 people that are working hard on our success path. They are driving traffic. Well, first they're building audiences, they're driving traffic, they're building their lists and they're working on getting sales. And they're all working hard, so they're spending some money, they're spending, they're investing time for sure. And they're kind of doing it in a silo, right? They're looking at their audience, their list, their website, their sales. And and when I see that and I think about the cost, not not just the financial cost, but the time cost and the emotional cost. Of building all this. And I realized that there could be somebody right next to them in the inner circle who shares a very similar audience that they could collaborate with and build more assets in their business, but they don't even know about each other. You know, right? It's been making me bonkers.
1: Yes, I think collaboration comes up in probably every single call, maybe multiple times a call.
0: It <laughs> yeah. drives me bananas. Mm-hmm. And we're all spending this time and that we aren't, um, We we still haven't, I mean, we help our members for sure with collaborations, but we haven't made it super, super easy. And so what's really interesting is about a year ago, for those of you that are listening, Tina said to me, I have decided that this year I'm going to do one collaboration a month and I'll tell you how it goes. And so let's back that up a little bit and let's talk about your little business. Because you're yeah. little.
1: Yeah. So I have a little business. It's relatively young, probably three years old now something like that. Yeah. And I sell fair trade home decor. So it's, um, decorative items for the home and some jewelry, things like that. So I have a Shopify business. Um, just like everyone else, I started from zero, no list, uh, no social media following nothing. And I've been building it using the inner circle strategies. So everything from social posting to growing my clavio list And so my, at the beginning of the year, I had read the one thing again, and I had decided that my one thing for the year was grow my email list. And from talking to you, I was like, okay, I don't want to spend a lot of money to do it. So I'm going to use collaboration as my way to grow my list for the year, because I know that my store is very Q4 heavy. People like to buy a lot of my items. Holidays. So if I started in January, by the time I got to Q4, if I had a really big email list, I would have the results that I wanted. So that's the path that I kind of took to get to that decision.
0: And what we need to tell everybody about is that really you are super busy. You are a coach in the inner circle. You you talk to me a lot, you're the member <laughs> success person, which is a whole nother job. You have a lot of calls helping our members. You have to help the coaches as well, like with schedules. You're talking to admin all the time. You are super, super busy. And so you probably have how many hours a week to work on this business?
1: Yeah. I mean, if I'm lucky, I squeeze in 30 minutes to an hour a day. But realistically, I don't even do that most of the time. So yeah. And then that time time gets sucked up by my own customer service or filling my orders and things like that. So my marketing time is very small.
0: Very small. And uh the other thing is that some of your items, probably more than half of your items are drop shipped. Is that correct? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you have that whole situation that is your business. Yep. Yeah. I want everyone to know that because I think it's important to hear the backstory. Like they're like, well, Tina's got lots of time. She's got all day to do this, but I have a full-time job. But really, you have a very full-time job.
1: Yeah, I am very busy and I have two kids and I have the all life, this. every all the things that everybody yeah. else has. Yeah. So yeah. yeah.
0: So 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 what you did is you made this one thing, which we love that book, because it is so good at helping you focus in on what's going to move the needle in your business. So you decided that you were going to do collaborations and you were going to do collaborations because they were affordable and Susan Bradley couldn't stop talking about it.
1: Correct. Yeah. And I knew I had, the nice thing was I had access to the inner circle. So in a way, I guess I could say I have a little bit of a head start because right. I know who the members are. I know people's stores and it's easy for me to find someone that I knew would be a good fit for
0: a collaboration. Right which is half the battle. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about, uh, what kind of collaborations you did.
1: Yeah. So the first one was actually not with an inner circle member. So one was, a. Uh, a blogger who blogs about fair trade. And she had featured some of my products in her articles and directory. And I saw I was getting traffic from there. So I reached out to her and I said, hey, I'm getting traffic from you. Like, do you have anything coming up? I'd love to work together more closely. And she said, oh yeah, I have a couple of uh, group giveaways coming up. If you pay a small fee, you can participate. You'll donate an item or a gift card. And that one was nice because all I did was post on social media, hey, enter this giveaway for a chance to win from these five brands. And so she picked the brands. She did all the organization of everything. And at the end, she sent me the leads that came through uh, from that collaboration.
0: So good. But then all the other collaborate, I mean, ultimately within uh, the last 12 months, you've done 10 collaborations, right? Yeah, I did 10. And so all the other nine were with inner circle members. And so all the
1: other ones were with inner circle members. So it was kind of nice to compare the experience of doing it yeah. with someone not inner circle versus doing it with someone in the inner circle. And what was that? Um, Yeah. So I think the, what I found was um, that one was relatively easy because she organized all of it, but at the end of the day, the leads were not, I felt like I had more unsubscribed or I know I had more unsubscribes and I know the leads weren't as great um, from that collaboration. And I think it's because um, I wasn't able to control the experience. So I wasn't able to control what the email that went out after, uh, you know, after you entered your email address, what that flow was on the back end. Or by the time I got the list from her, it had already been a month because it took her a long time to send me the list. And so the leads were cold. So there was a lot of hiccups along the way that made me realize, okay, it's better for me to have more control over this experience.
0: Yeah. Good part. Cause a month is a long time in our Mm -hmm.
1: world.
0: Yeah. recency. So, so with the inner circle members, and you don't have to tell us about each collab you mm-hmm. did, but generally, what was the structure? Was it a giveaway? Was it just a, a sponsored email for each other? What did you do with the, with? Yeah, us? so I
1: did two kinds. So the one that I did over and over again, which was nice because it was repeatable and it yeah. became formulaic, which was really nice, was a joint giveaway. So it would be my brand and another inner circle member. And the important thing is we had similar audiences. And so we usually sold different things. I partnered with another home decor store, another jewelry store, but they also had a very global aesthetic, similar age customer. And so we would each commit to a prize and um, our prizes were usually the same values of so $40 to $50 per item. And then we'd agree that one of us would photograph them. So usually the other person was a better (laughs) photographer than I was or had more time or
0: had more time
1: (laughs) or interested in that part of it. And so I would send my item to them. They would photograph it. We would create some assets. So we used the same social media posts. We had a Google doc, really simple that said, this is the start date of the giveaway. This is the end date. Uh, One of us would host the landing page that would collect the emails. And then we did something which the amazing Laurel Thompson told us about is um, the other partner would host the confirmation page. Hmm. So they would get the you're in to the giveaway page. And the reason for that, it might sound a little technical if you're not in the group, but we both get pixeled. So it helped both of our uh, Facebook ads to be able to do that. Your audience yeah, exactly. And then whoever hosted the confirmation page had that pixel data. And then the person who hosted the actual form, the and embed form would have flow on the back that says, thanks, you're in, yeah. please check your email. Here's a little you know, blurb about each of our brands. Yeah. And so we would do that just to make sure we were covering all our bases. And then the other part was the promotion. So usually we would commit to, Each of us would post on social media, you know, once a day and promote to our lists. Um, We each would send at least one email to our list saying, hey, we're running a giveaway. Let me introduce you to my friend. We know you're going to be so excited about these great prizes. And so we would do that as well. And then the last part is we would agree on an ad spend. And so we would each spend... For the most part, I did anywhere from $20 to $40 in ad spend for the length of the giveaway. And the interesting part there was we each used our best audience. So usually I would use a lookalike of my customers mm-hmm. and the other person would choose whatever their audience was that they felt like was their best audience to use.
0: So so that's probably the most complicated collab that we have and there's for those of you that whose eyes have glazed over I know sorry that's a lot of information okay so if your eyes glazed over and you're an inner circle member there is step-by-step training in the uh in uh, the collab section of the inner circle yeah
1: so just taking a step back the goal yeah the goal was to pull together a group of Cold audience. So that was the purpose of the ads to get some cold traffic to our giveaway. And then warm traffic was using our list and our just mm. generic social media posting to have some warm leads come into there. And so the overall big giveaway list that we collected would have a mix of cold traffic, a mix of warm traffic. Um, And sometimes, you know, I would have a lot of my existing customers would get on the list, which is totally fine because I've re-engaged them and I'm then giving those people to my collaboration partner.
0: Absolutely. And so the beauty of this uh, is, of course, that because you were both working off the same training, there wasn't a lot of explaining to do. Everybody understood the framework and off you went. So that was the one kind of collaboration you did. What was the other kind that you did?
1: Yeah, so around the holidays, I did another type of collaboration, which we ended up doing it with, I think we did four brands total. And for that one, we did, a we can call it the gift guide model. And so that one, there was no ads and there was no collaborative photography. There was nothing like that. We did the same idea where we had a Google Doc and each of us put our little elevator pitch about our business a photo that we felt was representative of a good gift item from our store yeah. and a link to our homepage and our social media. And then we tr- each of us turned that into an email that we sent to our list that said, "Hey, happy holidays. I'd like to introduce you to these great women-owned brands and here's 15% discount. This code will work across all our stores."
0: So smart.
1: So we had one code that Anybody could use, we each sent that email to our list and we posted it on our uh, social media accounts. And so that was really just about, that one was more about getting direct sales because it was, I think we did it in November and it was really close to the holidays, Um, but it made sense to send an email like that at that time of
0: year. So, so good. And so you found these partners really easily because probably... You are the one person, anyone who's a coach for sure, but yep. you are the one person who probably knows more people inside of the inner circle and a little bit about their business and their audience than anyone else. So yep. it's easy for you to kind of cherry pick. <laughs> <these> yeah, <people.
1: laughs> this is true. Yeah,
0: these people, but let's talk about, this is really interesting. I'm going to out you a little bit, Tina, because let's talk about how you felt at the end of the year. So I'm like all excited, right? All year. And so yeah. doing all these collabs. I know it's going to be great. La 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 la. You know, I've been thinking about this for so long because I am a firm believer that we have to use uh, some paid traffic and that we have to spend some money to build our audiences. But what we don't want to do in my mind is we don't want to build this business based on uh, only paid traffic and conversion from, from that paid traffic. And so like I've been you know, yammering about this for a long time and I couldn't wait until you you came back to me with your results, but I had to kind of like ask you. you had to, to nudge me, me. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Tina, Tina what are you going to do that? Little, let's do the case study on the collaborations. And you were like, ah, I yeah. don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's that's the thing. It's so common to feel like, Oh, I did all this work, and it it didn't work. It didn't yes. get me what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I think what happened is I was getting hung up on how many leads I'd collected. So most of my giveaways ended up anywhere from a hundred to, let's say 300 new subscribers or leads from the giveaway. And I felt like, okay, that's all right, but it's not that exciting. And I don't know if these people are actually going to convert. Yeah. And I sort of got in my own head and was feeling like, uh, maybe it wasn't the best idea. Maybe it wasn't the best strategy. <laughs> you know? Right. Yes. It's also because I, I also have a baby business, you know, I have wow. regular sales, but I don't have a huge list. And, um, Yeah. I don't know. I got kind of, somehow I got in my own head about it.
0: (laughs) So I had to like beat you into doing the case study. I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. Tina, just, just, just go get the data. Just let, let's just see your data, you know, and then I'll know, then I'll stop. I'll stop talking about this. If it's, if it's not good. And then so you're so good. Like, you are really so good. Like, I love having you on my team, really, our team, because you you know what's important and you do what you say you're going to do. And so a few days later, I'm out on my walk and I get this message from you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, um, here's a spreadsheet of my results. And um, it's a little better than I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I sort of had to backtrack on my moaning
1: about it because it was actually quite successful. And I think what it really showed was, you know, the exact things that I tell people all the time is that the progress comes in baby steps and you don't see it. And all of a sudden you put it all together and you're like, wow, I've come really far in a year, and I
0: didn't even know I did come this far. Right. I want everyone who's listening, because I think this is super common, even though Tina should know better. (laughs) I think this is super common. We get really busy. We see all the things and we don't actually shine a light on what we were doing. So you had done it consistently, which was great. You followed through with that, but you never really sat down and shone a light on it. And so all these 150 or 200 emails seemed like not enough for the work at the time until, until you added it up. What I want everyone to walk away from this moment with is that if you if you are focusing on any strategy, whether it's this or it's some other strategy, if you don't find a way to put a measuring stick to it and track and measure, this is the result you're going to get because you are not, uh, you know, you're not a great big brand. Just what you said, like your results are really good, but they're baby business results.
1: Yeah, they're proportional to yeah. the ad spend that I put in and to the size of the list I started with ah. and the social media reach I started with,
0: all of that. Yeah, so let's tell, let's share your actual results. The first thing I just want to like verbal vomit out there is Tina actually got sales from every single. When she went back and looked, she got sales from every single collaboration, all 10 of them.
1: Yeah, which was pretty amazing to look at that and see. And then one thing which I did realize after two of the collaborations was, you know, we do kind of a a check-in after the collaboration. Hey, what worked? What was hard for you? You know, what could we do better next time? And I had at least two of my partners say hey, did you get a sale from XYZ person? You know, so they would give me a name and I would go look in my store. I'd look in my Clavio, and I'd be like, oh yeah, I did. And they say, that's my number one customer. Like she'll buy anything I put out there and i bet she'll buy from you and so that was really insightful for me that sometimes yes. these collaborations were actually worth it to get that one call it super fan or super customer because wow. i have a few of those customers who i know just are my you know best That they'll have six plus orders when I see something I'm like oh I know that name (laughs) they're buying from me again and I realized that a lot of the other store owners have those kind of one or two super fans and just being able to do the collab and get those people on your list can be worth it in
0: itself and it's it's not free but it's doesn't cost a lot and it it takes some time But it's repeatable. You can set this up and do it again and again and again. And so it's a great investment in long term growth. Yeah.
1: And the repeatable part is really important because I have to say, when I would contact people when I made this plan, you know, the first one was a little bit, took a little bit of work to figure it all out. But then I would be able to go to somebody and say, hey, I already have a template. I have this Google Doc. I'll highlight in yellow the fields that you need to fill out what do you like to do? Um, I had one partner who was, well, Lisa. So she's used to be an art director, is an art director, did amazing photography. She created um, little animated clips for us to use. And just having that beautiful creative really helped that campaign do well. Yeah. And then I felt like I brought to the table more of, okay, I know how to do it. This is the schedule. This is how we run the ads. This is what audience you do. And so they didn't have to think hard about it because it was already set for them. And we split the workload, which also made a big difference.
0: A true collaboration. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's get back to the results. So first thing is, I'm just actually looking at your spreadsheet here. So the first thing is every collaboration got a sale. Yes, mm-hmm. right. and and what's interesting is to me, I mean, I'm telling your results. Do you want to tell them? No, you tell them. <laughs> okay. okay, because i'm I was like so excited when I saw this. so so every collaboration got a sale. Even the ones, like I'm looking here, and I'm seeing some teeny tiny businesses. so even the yeah. ones that were teeny tiny businesses that you collaborated with with got a sale one collaboration you did got eight sales. Another one, I guess the next highest was six and then five. And then another one that I see is six. Like you got a lot of sales over time from these collaborations. The key. Right. Exactly. Over time. So like the earliest collaboration I
1: did was in March. And I remember doing that one and there was no immediate sales. But then when I looked and by the end of a year, a year later, essentially a little bit more than a year later, it had generated five orders, that list,
0: right? <laughs> Crazy. And so in Tina's year of collaboration gang, she collected 1,610 email addresses. And I just want you all to know that on average, I would say when somebody, uh, goes out intentionally and puts time, effort, and money into collecting email addresses, I think that $0.50 is a good result per email address. But Mm -hmm. I've seen people pay more than that for an email address. And so if you just look at that right there, that's $800 that you didn't have to spend if you had focused, or it's 1,600 leads you never would have got. Right, exactly. So there's, there's that. The other thing that I think is super interesting is that you got thirty four unique customers from your from these giveaways that you did, and so thirty four customers bought forty two orders so you actually got some repeat business too right
1: exactly and I think that's going back to that idea of these super fans so once you get one of those customers, the lifetime value of that customer is really high.
0: But what's your average order value?
1: Uh It's average between 40 and
0: $45. I so will say $40 and 42 orders. So we're looking at around $1,600 worth of sales. Mm-hmm. And you spent, it looks like you spent less than or yeah, maybe it's maybe a
1: hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Around a hundred dollars. So each yeah. ad, um, it, each giveaway, I would spend between like 20 and $40, but usually $20 on ads. And my partner would also spend $20 on ads just to help us get more leads and build yeah. up that cold traffic side of it that I talked yeah. about earlier.
0: Well, ultimately, you also put on here that of those 1,610 uh, leads, ultimately you suppressed 849 of them. Right. Exactly. What were your rules for suppressing them? Like, when did you do that? And what, like, what were your guidelines to decide whether you're going to suppress those people?
1: Yeah. So suppressing people, I think it was something like they'd received six emails over time and had never opened any of them. So then I usually knew, okay, this is a bad email address or, you know, they're never going to open. So it didn't make
0: sense to have them on there. Right. So that was your rules. So everyone could make their own rules. But, mm-hmm. but what I think is amazing is that something that you thought really didn't work generated 34 brand new customers. So your customer acquisition cost was really under, I don't know, like three or four bucks to acquire yeah. So what I normally see is it could cost, you know, the cost of the whole purchase to acquire, first purchase to acquire. Totally. Mm-hmm. Really inexpensive customer acquisition, repeat buyers and a like a rela- relationship with another member in this case that would actually allow you to repeat that with that member again. Like you could take your top uh, six of these collaborations and do them once a year, every year. Yeah, exactly.
1: And actually one of them, we actually did repeat this year. So the one that I'd mentioned with Lisa, we did last year with, for Earth Day. So that's another thing that I did for each of the giveaways is we gave each one a theme. So it was either a holiday or sort of a topic that we felt we could put the story behind. So ours was about Earth Day and we repeated it this year. Uh, we got less leads, And so we were both kind of, I think that was part of it this year. We're like, oh, if we got less leads, maybe it's not going to be as effective. But then when I thought about it, I was like, okay, I need to change my thinking about this because we've already swapped lists. So really the new leads that we've gotten are either people I've gained since my last collaboration with her or it was a smaller reach of cold people. So it's not always about the volume of leads. It's about the quality. quality. So I think it's still worth doing those collaborations again, but comparing the numbers needs to be a little bit different. We don't need to focus so much on the quantity of leads that we've got.
0: So let's just shift the conversation for a minute to audiences. Because when we talk about collaborations in the inner circle, the first thing that uh, comes up from people is that, well, I have a really small niche. so i don't I don't can't find people to collaborate. I have a really, really small niche, don't you know? Yeah and, and what we really need to help everybody who's listening understand is, yeah, so does everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is true. Well, and that's part of what makes us <laughs> successful, right? <laughs> right. You can't focus on what you sell. You have to focus on the person. And even though that person is interested in your really super small niche, they are not a one-dimensional person. They are interested in a whole pile of other things too. And that really the best collaborations come from people who share audiences with similar characteristics. Would you agree? Totally. Yep, definitely. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think the other side to that is there's two things that I see people get hung up on when I talk about collaborations with them. Mm-hmm. One is, oh, but you have a much higher price point products than yeah. I do. And again, I don't think that really matters. Um, for example, when I did the gift guide one, we all had different price point items, we were all in different categories, but we all agreed that we could agree to, we we could all afford a 15% discount. And so that was fine. It didn't matter that we had different price point items. We could agree on a flat discount that worked for each of our stores.
0: Right. Because I have spent, if you think about it, every one of us, we've spent a lot of money on something that was important to us, but we could also be found at the Dollar General every now and then. Yeah, exactly. No, only buy. <laughs> high-end products. We don't only buy cheap products. And so we have to remove that barrier we have that's keeping us from doing this. The other thing I think you probably see is, because I've certainly seen it, is people will say, well, I have a bigger list than my... Yeah,
1: that was another one. I would get asked, well, how big is your list? Because I only have 500 on my list, or I don't really have a list, or my social media, I only have X number of Instagram followers. And again, it's, you know, that's not really the important thing. The important thing is that you have a product and a store that's a proven concept. I think that's important that you need to have at least a few customers behind you to know that your store experience is good. And then that's also where some of the ad spend comes in. So, you know, it's like, okay, but we're both going to bring in cold traffic and we're going to do it equally. So, it's totally fine. And again, it's all it's a little bit of an experiment, you know, but at the end of the day, it's about having a customer who's going to relate to what the messaging is and what the giveaway prizes is, is going to be attractive to them because that's what brings them to give their email address Stops them
0: in the scroll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what I think what I heard you say in this uh conversation that we're having is that, you know, I got those I got those one, like, highly engaged buyers, that one perfect customer. And so that's really a win. Like, you don't have to say, well, my list is a thousand and yours is two thousand. So I'm only going to send, or you're only going to send to one thousand. Like, why do we get in our own way like that? Let's just, you know, put it out there and be happy with the results that we get, or know that that's not one that we're going to repeat. But again, if you don't test this over time, your first inclination is going to be, well, that didn't really work.
1: Right. Exactly. And I think the other learning for me was really the length of time that I had to let pass Mm -hmm. before I looked at the results, because I really, you know, track the results, over a year later and that's when i saw the progress but if i had tracked it month to month all i see is that my giveaway list keeps shrinking it looks smaller i'm not yeah. i don't feel like i'm seeing sales or the other thing that i saw a lot when i did the collaborations is a week would go by and then we'd kind of message and check in hey has anyone used the code no no one used the code i didn't get any orders from this giveaway yeah. And again, it's, you know, people need time to be nurtured. And isn't that was the other learning. We think because we give a discount, that's all the reasons right. to buy. And it really isn't. They're going to use the discount when they're ready to buy. And that's a really
0: different way of looking at it. But many of them are not going to ever use the discount.
1: Right. They're never going to use the discount. The goal is to have them on the email list and right. to nurture them over time until the time is right. Because... They fall in love with the product in that email or they have an occasion that they do need to buy something for someone or for some, for themselves.
0: Yep. So, you know what, here's what I, uh, I take away from this. And, and we have some training for collaboration. And of course, this is a huge focus. And I'm you know, over here doing backflips because Tina did the results. And I know we have a couple <laughs> other case studies coming up that we're going to share on the podcast. But this is good for no matter what stage you're at. If you're at the audience building stage, you can collaborate. We can give you training that will show you how to collaborate for building audiences. If you're at the traffic stage you can collaborate. You don't have to go all the way through with this big giant giveaway. If you're trying to generate leads, you can collaborate. And if you're looking for sales, you can collaborate. Your gift guide was a perfect example of looking for sales. I think the biggest problem for almost everyone is the barriers that are immediate for them to collaboration. I think it's like, oh, finding someone that will collaborate with them. Yeah, And then getting everybody on the same page with what to do.
1: Uh, And again, it doesn't need to be as complicated as I ran them because, you know, I'm (laughs) deep in the inner circle and I have a lot of knowledge about it. But I think just a starting point, if you wanted to test the waters, find somebody who has a similar audience to you and literally you have to do nothing else but send an email that introduces that brand to your audience and they do the same. And it's like, hey, meet my friend Susan. She has this amazing store. This is my favorite product of hers. Um, buy it here, and guess what? She's giving she's given me a custom code just for you. You know, it could be as simple as that, where you just send an email. Maybe you post it on social. Maybe you're great at Instagram and you do stories. Um, maybe you go live together and introduce each other, and. Again, the measurement for that is, okay, did you gain some Instagram followers? Did you gain some emails? Did anyone use the code? I think you can look at different metrics to
0: track and see if it's successful for you. So, but here's the thing, because you know, it's me. Yeah. I'm going to just figure this out for people and template this. Yeah,
1: exactly. Mm -hmm. This,
0: This has been on my mind for so long. I know I have been so successful with collaborations in the past. I know our members have, but it's hard still, even though we have training. And even though we have all these amazing people in a group, I know it's really hard. And so I just want to tell everyone right now, I am working on this. We are for inner circle members. We are going to create a collaboration hub and I'm going to make it super easy for you to find your people and then tell you exactly what to do, no matter what stage you are. I think we can create training for them that actually just helps them build their audience like at that low level and they can work their way up to whatever they want. But we have to remove those barriers for people because the way forward really is to, you're still gonna have to spend some money. You're still gonna have to have some paid traffic, but the way forward for people like us is collaboration and growing as organically as we can. And we already know people wanna buy from people. And you are the influencer in your business, right? Mm -hmm. And when you come out and say, Hey, it's Tina. People listen, they open their, the, the, not everyone, (laughs) but on your list, open the email, they click. Well, yeah. And
1: I think it's, it's remembering that they trust you. And like you said, as the influencer in your business, they trust your recommendation. So if I say, hey, this is a beautiful store from my friend and she makes this or she buys it from here. And it's about giving them the reasons why you love that product. And it's not just, oh, here's you know, here's a discount from somebody. Goodbye ah! from them. You know, there needs to be a little bit of relationship building in there. And again, you'll have that naturally because you're building a friendship with the person that you're collaborating with. That's the other cool part that, isn't measurable is the friendships I na- now have with these people and just being able to check in or Hey, I see you have new products. I've ended up buying wholesale from some of them. I bought products from, from them to give as gifts or for myself. And it's, you know, e-commerce can be a lonely game. And so I think there's also another aspect of the the friendship in the community that you build by doing this that you don't have sitting behind your ads manager creating Facebook ads. <laughs>
0: totally true. And I think what's super interesting too is that the um the 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 event, the collaboration you did that had the lowest results was the one that wasn't a member.
1: Right. Exactly. And so I think that one it was she was the influencer in her business. And so she was curating it and sending it out. But I think she probably doesn't have the same type of, you could say like closeness with her list that I do. My list knows me because I go live. From time to time, I do the relationship email where I introduce myself once a year. Um, I talk about how I choose my products. And so I am the influencer in my business, maybe not as front and center as other brands, but you can see the difference. It it shows in the numbers. Despite that, you still got a (laughs) sale. Yeah, (laughs) true. (laughs)
0: True. So good. Listen, thank you so much for sharing. Gang, I just want you to stay tuned. I am absolutely committed to making this easy for you to collaborate with each other just by breaking down the barriers, just by helping you find each other and then telling you exactly what to do so that you can both get on the same page, get it done quickly. And also I'm going to give you a way to measure this so that you know. So good. Thank you again, Tina. Yeah.
1: Thanks for, thanks for pushing me. I needed that.
0: (laughs) So good. Well, it was like, I think you function at a really high level. And I think that why it was important to out you like that is because I think that that's how we all operate. Yeah.
1: It's easy to see it in other people's businesses, but it's easy to doubt yourself and to get discouraged. And um, yeah. And that's where it's good to have that accountability and yeah, just kind of. Hey, you know, you got to measure and you got to go back and look and see
0: what worked. I'm going to add one more thing to this. And so what I'm going to say to everyone listening that this is Tina's result today, but I suspect if we came back and we checked her result in September, like it for the next quarter, I, well, that's not even the next quarter, but you know, let's say a few months down the road, I suspect that you will have even more sales. From this list,
1: yeah, I think so because I have some super buyers in there, and I have some people that just buy at certain times of wow.
0: year. So, yeah, definitely the ROI on this time you spend, I think, is only going to snowball. Yeah, true. Be a part <laughs> of what all of us do. Okay, I've thanked you once before. I'm going to thank you again. You are amazing. I want you to go have a great vacation because I know that that's thank on you. your uh, on your radar in the next few weeks, and uh, I'm sure we'll be back. Yeah. Great. Thanks for having me yet again. Anytime. Hey there. Are your sales a lot slower than you thought they would be? So frustrating. You know you have a good product and you're just kind of stumped, wondering what you're missing and what it's going to take before you'll get the sales you want every day. So I want to share a free workshop I made for you. Before you start making more changes on your website, I want you to take a little bit of time and watch this. Spend 40 minutes with me and you're going to see why you're not getting the sales that you want. And you will be clear on what it is you really need to do to move the needle. I'm almost positive it's not changed something on your website. Head on over to thesocialsalesgirls.com forward slash sales every day and go have a watch this is training from our inner circle it's in our foundations unit our members get it right away and they leave feeling confident about their site their product their pricing and they're ready to get on the path to success I want to share that with you so the url is the social dot com sales every day I'll stick it in the show notes See you soon.